Um, my research, well, actually, I, I, I hesitate to call it research at the moment, it's gathering of evidence and uh, looking at um, how I'm going to move forward um, is very much in its initial stages. Um, but it's actually been quite gratifying listening to the findings in the earlier presentations that, that mirror um, my findings at present. Um, so I, I'm interested in the specific context of initial teacher education because that's um, where my role is. Um, so I want to know what the impact of international experiences um, is on recruitment and employability, but also referring to the broader um, meaning of education, does that support um, its development? Um, so just to tell you a bit about me, um, I work in the Faculty of Education and Theology at York St John University. Uh, I'm a senior lecturer in primary education. Prior to that, I was in school for 25 years. Oh, my goodness. Um, and um, my background is actually in languages. My degree is in French and Mandarin, so I've always had that kind of international bent. Uh, and when I was in school, I taught children languages long before uh, it became statutory, um, only this year, actually. Um, and I also took children abroad on a regular basis. So, you know, it was quite kind of groundbreaking in my time when I was in school. Um, and currently I, I lead um, languages uh, within initial teacher education and also uh, the international aspect. Um, I was given the role of Head of International Development because it's grown so much in the time that I've been doing it and they thought they ought to call me something different because I was, I was doing lots of international things, so that's quite nice really. Um, it's actually been quite difficult to convince my um, colleagues of the value of international opportunities. Um, and the convincing really has been done by the students um, through the various routes um, within the university. Um, my, my concern, particularly with undergraduates, is that they come from school and then they come into university and then they go into school again uh, and they don't have that kind of broadening of education and life experience. So I think it's really important that we offer those opportunities for them. Um, and that combined with, shall we say, the narrowing of the national curriculum uh, and the focus on testing and all sorts of things, um, necessitates, I think, a much broader view of education generally, and I think international opportunities give that to students. Um, so I think things are changing, certainly in schools, because they've got to teach languages now, so they've got to have more of an international dimension. Um, and I do think that um, although the curriculum is still crowded and you still hear comments about you know, lack of subject knowledge and all the arguments in relation to teaching languages, it is becoming... Um, certainly uh, more prevalent. Um, so just to tell you a bit about um, what's been happening really, um, it started with um, a long time ago the government actually gave funding for sending students abroad. Um, it was about six years ago um, and it was part of the initial teacher education programme um, and students could go, we had bilateral agreements with, with countries in Europe and we could send students for four-week placements fully funded um, which was great, you know, we had, we had um, uh, a maximum take-up for that. I mean, it wasn't huge in terms of what we were given um, in terms of funding. There were only five or six students uh, that went to France and also to Spain. But, you know, it was enough to, you know, get them enthusiastic and for me to talk about it. 
Also within our programme, we've got something called SOTS, which is a setting other than schools. So um, our students have to undertake a compulsory placement in an environment where children learn outside of the classroom. Um, so with my international kind of bent, I thought, well, this would be really good to uh, extend this internationally. Um, so um, I also had students coming to me saying, well, you know, we want to go abroad, but we don't speak any languages. So, you know, what can we do? So I started to develop other opportunities in English speaking countries such as America and uh, Australia. Um, not just within the museum type of setting. And when I talk about the learning outside the classroom, I mean places like museums, art galleries, residential, sports residentials, those kind of things. But also, um, I've developed placements in international schools, which again is, you know, not so daunting for students that don't have a language because they were schools that deliver the curriculum in English, so they, they felt quite happy about doing that. Um, and alongside that, we've got the semester study abroad. So it's not a year uh, within our um, programme, it's just a semester. Um, but it's uh, become popular. It's not nearly as popular as a short-term placement. So that's why I was interested in what both of you were saying about the impact of short-term placements actually being just as great as the long-term placements, because that is definitely what I find. Um, and students feel, as I said, less daunted about going on a short-term placement. They feel it's within their reach financially as well as um, academically. Um, there's a, a huge range of settings that the, the, the students can choose from. Um, in Europe, in, as I said, in America, in China, in India, practically anywhere really they can go. So I've developed these over the five or six years. Um, and it's it's very interesting to see why they choose a particular country, but I'll, I'll come on to that uh, in a minute or two. Um, just to give you a bit of an idea, I mean, I'm not really, I haven't got many diagrams, I'm sorry. It's, it's more kind of you know, me talking to you. But um, I'm looking at the development of their personal skills, and I know that you both referred to that. Um, there is a huge change in lots of students when they come back from uh, an international placement in terms of confidence um, both personally and professionally. Um, one of my students, just to give you an anecdote, one of my students this year went to um, America. Um, I, I, I promote the international things quite heavily and I sort of sent out an email as a last call you know, for, for students to take up a placement. Um, and she emailed made me back straight away. She must have you know, seen the email just, you know, immediately responded and it was to go to Washington to the International Spy Museum so I kind of sensed that I needed to you know tap into this now so I responded immediately and then we had this you know flurry of emails for about half an hour and she ended up booking the flights after half an hour and you know she was going to go when I went to see her in America at the placement she told me and I didn't know this that she had really extreme anxiety issues which I had no idea about and she, I think she, ch she challenged herself to do this. And when she actually got to America and was in the setting and had coped with everything, she was co a completely changed person. And she said to me, you know, I've done this, going into my final school placement, no problem, doddle. You know, I'm just going to be able to do it. So it had a huge impact on her uh, personal development. So that, that's just one anecdote. There's actually quite a few like that. Um, I, I want to track... Um, the whole thing really from when they decide to go abroad the preparation of that um, and then 
when they go into placements, into the international placements, and when they come back from their international placements, the impact that has on their subsequent uh, professional placement, and then again into their NQT year, and then into their uh, working life. I want to see how those um, opportunities affect them, both personally and professionally, because I, d I think there's a huge um, opportunity here to see, actually, you know, gather that evidence. Um, I also obviously want to look at the recruitment and employability, and I've talked about the choices as well. Um, just to have a look at that in a bit more depth then. Um, I think the challenging perception of self is a really interesting notion because, you know, they might think that they'd be, they could do something, but when they go to another setting or another kind of environment, actually, they realise that they can't do this and there's lots of things that they've got to draw on. Um, and I think that develops their understanding uh, of themselves and also their professional uh, approach to things. Um, obviously, if they're going into another culture, they're developing hopefully more tolerance and that's what you want i mean in this day and age you know we need that more than ever don't we so i think again that is a very important aspect and the evidence that i've collected in terms of conversations and interviews over the past three or four years demonstrate that i think very effectively but i haven't got a, t a table to show you but i will have when i, when I publish my uh, research um in terms of their professional skills um Working in the wider context and working with a team that you know they're not familiar with in a setting that they're not familiar with is obviously going to help them in terms of their confidence. Um, I want to know what kind of impact that has in the classroom when they come back. Are they actually thinking, well, you know, I've done this, therefore I can do this and you know, use their initiative in lots of other different ways and not be afraid to develop new initiatives in school because, again, that can be quite daunting. Um, does it have an impact on the children's learning? That's a key thing, obviously, in my, in my area. I want to know how they impact uh, on the children's learning. Do they actually transmit that um, increased tolerance to the children in the way that they teach and the subjects that they teach? Do they motivate the children more in that kind of um, regard? Um, and I think, you know, what you were saying about that incre increased confidence, hopefully, will be demonstrated within... Um, the uh, subsequent placements that they have uh, in terms of teacher education. Um, I want to know whether the range of international opportunities actually have um, a role in their choice. Why do, do they choose to come to us? Because we've got those international opportunities going. Um, there's definitely interest in that in open days, and I know people have already mentioned that. Um, the employment aspect, the data that I've got, which is only um, over 18 months or so, but at the moment it demonstrates that actually children that have had those overseas opportunities do seem to get jobs more easily than, than students that haven't been mobile, and particularly when it's combined, combined with a language specialism. Now, I'm talking about in the context of teacher education, schools are looking for um, potential teachers that have language skills. Um, because they, you know, the, the expertise in schools is limited, so they're going to want to employ um, students that have that or NQTs that have that. Um, and as a head, if I, if I had two candidates, both who who were very similar on paper, uh, and also in the interaction, I think I would go for the person that had uh, the um, international experience because I feel that they would enrich the school. Um, so I think there's that aspect as well. Um, 
And the other aspect that's really interesting, and I know that's that's come up uh, this morning or uh, during the day, is that um, children that have, uh, sorry, not children. I'm telling my teacher, aren't I? Um, students that have actually shown um, interest in uh, in or have been abroad um, actually want to work abroad as well. They want to continue that overseas experience. Um, that's not to say that you know I want all of our qualified teachers to go work abroad. What I'm interested in is them having an experience abroad and then coming back and then enriching our schools. Uh, and that's definitely um, happening and I've, I've, I have got data to show that. Lots of students actually mix um, the placements that we have and I should have said earlier that they actually vary from two weeks to three months. Um, so they can, you know, it's tailored for them so they don't have to go for a really long period of time if they just want to dip their toe in the water and they just go for a couple of weeks but quite often they come back and they think oh I want to do something else um, so they you know because the timings enable them to do that you know they can go in June or September um, our postgraduates also have an international opportunity and interestingly that is now an integral part uh, of their program um, they have what's called a two-week enrichment um, experience and they can choose to to go abroad um, and many of them do. Um, one year I had 17 students went to China. That's a huge number, isn't it? Just to, out of a cohort of 100. 17 of them chose to go to China just for two weeks. Um, and they had um, a language experience, they had a school experience and they had a culture experience all rolled into one. So they came back and, you know, they got really excited about it. And, you know, some of them said it changes their lives, you know, that, that this opportunity to do that. So, um, it, it, it's very gratifying when that happens, when you see students that perhaps hadn't previously considered going abroad being inspired um, to go and then actually changing their, their life path. And I am in contact with quite a few alumni who are working in schools overseas who want to work with me to create opportunities for students because they know how much they benefited from it. So that's that really you know nice uh, knock-on effect, I think. Um, I'm interested in why they choose to go to different places. I mean, you know, what, it, what are the characteristics of students that choose to go to China, for, for example, rather than, than Europe? What, why do they make those choices? And would they, if it wasn't very kind of um, organised under the auspices of the university, would they still choose to go to China? Um, I find that, you know, a very interesting uh, notion. Um, with the semester abroad, quite often it's just one student that goes to China uh, for, the, for the whole semester, but they've definitely got um, different characteristics to, to students that don't choose to go uh, to China. Um, but the, the placements that we offer um, are organised very carefully. We, we always have a site visit. You know, we want to know exactly what's going on. We build these um, opportunities on relationships so you know we don't just whack off an email and say you know it depends on having a student you know we go over and, and talk to them and tell them what our requirements are um, and again I think that appeals to the students because you know they they know that we've got a duty of care and we're actually fulfilling that and we, you know we, we make it as safe and as accessible for them as we possibly can um, so in terms of how we're encouraging things. You talked a lot about you know, the role of the, the academics in, in um, persuading students to go, and I do think that's very important. I think you have to have a passion, um, and that will transmit to the students. Um, 
equally students um, transmit that passion. So I organise regularly students to talk to um, students in lower years to inspire them because it's nothing like hearing about uh, other students' opportunities to get them going and thinking, right, I, I want to do that. And that has definitely increased the outward mobility. So the promotion of it in, in, within modules, when I've had to persuade other lecturers to let me come in and talk to them about um, international, um, they know that I'm serious about it. They know that, that, that I think it's going to be something that's going to really help them in their future career. Uh, not just their career, but you know, their personal life as well. Um, and they listen to students that, that come back and, and they become inspired by it. Um, the semester take-up is nowhere near as great as the, um, the short-term placements. Um, but when the, the students come back from the semester, they, they just say, you know, I, I don't understand you know, why more students don't do this, because it's just such an amazing experience. It's something that stays with them. But that's quite hard. Uh, um, it's quite hard to convince our particular students anyway. I don't know whether it's because, I don't know, I don't know whether it's just symptomatic of ITE. But um, they definitely prefer the shorter placements. Plus, they can have a more um, professionally um, tailored uh, placement as well, I think, which is going to impact on their, on their um, employability as well, I think. Um, so, passion, I think, is a, is a, a huge thing. Um, all of our students are informed about the um, international opportunities. Um, I've now recently just created uh, an area on our virtual learning environment where the students can go and they can just find out all about the placements, partly to save me getting emails, <laughs> but also, you know, so that it's somewhere that they can go to. And, and I've actually, the staff have access to it as well because I want them to know, you know what's going on. Um, Facebook page, a Twitter feed for international, student blogs, students that have been abroad so that they can actually, the students can access those blogs and not just listen to them but read about it as well and that those happen on, on, on a regular basis. Um, and as I said, regular presentations to students and they make themselves available, they say, you know, right, if you want to talk to me about it, just email me and, and, they, and they make, you know, contact with each other. So. Um, for me, you know, I, I, I've got this passion and I really want to transmit it and all the kind of things that you were saying, I think support what the things that my students have been, have been finding and certainly what I've been finding. So um, that's it. Thank you very much. Um. <laughs>